Hey, everyone. This is Chris Ryan from The Ringer. As many of you have heard by now, we lost a treasured colleague and friend over the weekend. Jonathan Charks passed away on Saturday. John was 34. He leaves behind a wife and a son, and we are obviously mourning his loss and sending all of our love to his family right now. If you go to theringer.com slash Jonathan Charks, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-T-J-A-R-K-S, you will find a memorial page for John which has links to his GoFundMe that benefits his family and the amazing writing he did throughout his experience. I encourage you to go there. And if you can, please support the Charks family. Briefly, I will just say that John was among the first people that we hired to work for The Ringer. So he was instrumental in defining the voice and perspective of the site. He has as much to do with what this place is as anyone else. And throughout his experience with cancer, John communicated eloquently about the challenges he was facing, both through his writing and his podcasting. You could never stop John from talking about his passions. It's one of the things I loved about him. Over the last few months, you know, whenever we would talk, whenever I would reach out to see how he was doing, I would try to keep it very John-focused. And the next thing I knew, we would be talking about James Harden or Better Call Saul. He really loved this stuff. Uh, he loved talking about it, celebrating it, debating it, illuminating it. We're going to keep putting out our pods and writing while we grieve but we wanted to let folks know that John was in our hearts and that his family was in our thoughts. Thanks for listening. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem. Call 100Gambler and visit rg-help.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Ringer Gambling Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am Kevin Clark. Canelo against Triple G. The end of the trilogy, or maybe the beginning of a new batch of fights from the T-Mobile Arena on Saturday night. Raheem Palmer is here, as always. He's going to the fight. He's woken up early in Las Vegas to be with us. What's going on, Raheem? Life is good. I mean, look, I mean, I'm, I'm on... Pacific Standard Time. I like waking up early. I mean, look, I'm I'm really excited for this fight. I mean, look, these guys have had two great fights. And I don't know about you, but I have never seen Canelo beat GGG. So I think yes. that's what's most intriguing for this fight. I mean, you're going to have some judges who said Canelo won the second fight. I don't believe he's won any of them. So I know GGG is a little bit older now. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this fight and what you think is going to happen. Yeah, so I, I've thought, like any boxing fan, I've thought a lot about how the first two fights went. I've rewatched the fights over and over again, frankly. Um, and at one point, I was actually going to do a pretty big piece on Triple G going into the second fight. Now, I'll get to some of, of my big picture thoughts on his career a little bit later. But I think 
Triple G won the first fight. I, and I think that most boxing fans, if you polled them, would agree. I think that the second fight was probably a draw, oddly enough, right? Um, and I think if, if you shaded it toward Canelo, I wouldn't freak out on you. Um, the second fight, uh, I, but but I think if you were to poll most educated boxing fans, they'd probably come out with, with, with something like that. So no, I haven't seen blowout. I haven't seen any definitive proof that there's a lot between these fellas. Now, what they've done after that fight has completely changed the narrative because Canelo took on all comers. He added weight. He lost weight. He took on anybody he wanted to. Um, he lost, obviously, but that's that's a that's kind of a separate category. Uh, whereas Triple G, um, I took it easy a little bit. Um, I mean, I was looking at the the, the odds here uh, from his last five fights. Uh, so he fights Alvarez in 2018. Fights Steve Rolls, uh, minus 3,100 favorite. Sergey Derevchenko, who at the time was considered uh, uh, qu- quite a uh, quite a formidable fighter. That was obviously a close fight. That was uh, he was minus 600. He fought a guy then. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even pronounce his name. Uh, Camille, uh, minus 2,700, and then Murata, uh, minus 420. Uh, closer fight, but obviously um, he won that. And it felt like Raheem that Alvarez after the, the the second Triple G fight, decided to start building his career more and more and more. And it felt like Triple G was waiting around for another Canelo fight. That's the difference between these two guys. Yeah, I mean, you got Canelo, who's fought eight times since 2018, and GGG, who's fought four times. So it's like GGG's been really inactive. And I mean, I think, you know, obviously that might have played into how he performed against Murata. Because, I mean, look, there's no world in which a prime peak Gennady Golovkin doesn't knock him out inside of four rounds. And that 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 round went, I mean, that fight went nine rounds. And, yep. you know, he got hit a, a ton in that fight. So it's like you're watching that fight and it almost feels like if he goes in there with Canelo at this stage, he might not make it through. But, mm. I mean, look, I don't feel that way anymore. You know, after, after like, I, I think some of it has to do with Russ. Like, when I look at Hey, he's about 40 he has, years old. Yeah, he is 40 years old. And But it's just like, to me, it's just like, this is still a guy with a granite chin. And yep. a guy who hasn't been knocked down in, like, in his entire career. And you go back to his amateurs, he, has, he hasn't been stopped. So it's like, I really find this line intriguing. You know, even at 40 years old, these guys have fought each other pretty much to a stalemate. So for Canelo to be minus 500, it's kind of insulting to me. Ooh. Okay. All right. So I I, I do want to get into the legacy stuff and, and all of the narrative BS um, that I, I love to do with boxing, but let's actually get to the odds here. So uh, most recent, I'm looking at the Action Network here, uh, most recent odds, uh, Canelo is minus 500, Golovkin plus 380. Uh, over under 10 rounds, the over is... Hold on, uh, I, I got to correct you. FanDuel actually has GGG at plus 410. Ooh. Okay, interesting. So that FanDuel is 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 better there. Um, is it the same uh, ten and a half rounds over minus two thirty? Yep. Yep. Okay. And then fight goes a distance uh, minus one fifty five. No plus one twenty two. Uh, I was surprised. I got to be honest with you. The, the biggest surprise for me when looking at this is the method of victory, where Golovkin is plus eight fifty to win via KO, 
which I think, to go back to your insulting thing, you know, he is one of the greatest knockout artists of his generation. I don't think you should have an eight to one. I understand Canelo is Canelo. I understand that he's never been stopped like that. But I do think that when you have a puncher like that, eight to one is a little spicy for me, Raheem. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's extremely spicy. And then when you look at the fact that, look, Canelo's coming off a, a fight against Bevo where he was at, you know, 175. Yeah. And he got hit a ton. Like, yes. we don't know how, I mean, look, Canelo has proven to be resilient. He bounced back from the Floyd Mayweather fight. But we don't know if he's going to bounce back after jump, like he jumped up weight, jump, jumping down weight. We've seen it with Roy Jones Jr. When you jump up and down weight, it leaves yourself vulnerable. So, and I know GGG is coming up to 168. He's mostly at 160, but to me, he doesn't have to cut weight. You know what this fight reminds me of? What do you got? Manny Pacquiao versus Marquez. Yeah. It's like you had, a tr- you had, you know, these guys who fought four times and Manny Pacquiao, he squeezed out a bunch of wins that maybe he shouldn't have won. You know, there's some people who argue that Marquez has won the first three fights. Obviously, you had the draw where Pacquiao knocked him down three times in the first round and then Marquez comes back and wins every round and gets it to a draw. And then maybe Marquez wins the other one, but they give the fight to Pacquiao. I, for some reason, I just feel like GGG can turn back the clock for this fight. And I, I, I just I think there's so much value on him to win. I think the issue with this fight is that the judges, I mean. Yeah, well, yes. The issue with every fight in boxing history is the judges. <laughs> but, even, like, but it's even more pronounced when it comes yes. to Canelo Alvarez. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. I, I never, like, out of any fighter in the history of boxing, he gets the benefit of doubt more than anyone. Agree. Agree. I mean, listen, he's an amazing fighter, but the scorecard, I mean, the Adelaide Bird scorecard was as bad as it gets in professional boxing at the highest level. And once you have that, you should always be suspicious of everything going forward with Canelo. I completely agree with you. We're always on the lookout for bad judges, but you have to be particularly on the lookout for bad judges with Canelo, with all of that, all, you know, how wrapped up he is in and his team is with the boxing industry, like what what he means. That That's always it. And it's not... Again, I don't, we, none of us think there's like fixed fights happening, but it's implied. It's implied that like this guy is the boxing industry and he gets the benefit of the doubt when he needs it. Um, there's a couple of things here, Raheem, that I think is interesting. Number one is Canelo has a lot of pressure on him because the hype machine cannot, that level of, of his, his fights, they cannot be sustained if he loses two in a row. I, I, I don't. Listen, we know that Bivol was bigger. We know how good Bivol was. You know who doesn't? The casual fan who spends a hundred bucks on these pay-per-views and and drinks Coors Light and gets together with his five buddies. Like that's that's the difference. And it isn't this isn't UFC where Conor McGregor can lose a bunch of fights in a row and and he can still have. I mean, I think that I think there was like he had gone like four actual calendar years without winning a fight, McGregor, before I think Cowboy. Um, and in, in any in boxing or or UFC, but yet it was still an event. Boxing doesn't work like that. You get old fast. Now I think it's, you brought up the Bivol fight earlier with how much he got hit. You know, Teddy Atlas always says this, but you know, it, it, fighters don't age in years; they they age in fights. And all yeah. it takes is one fight, and we don't know it because you can't tell in in, in in when you're watching it. Okay, this guy's taking a lot of damage. He's done for the next three fights. You don't know that, but there is always that risk when you get hit a lot that the next fight is going to be. A disappointment. Um, I want to ask about this because 
I mentioned the Canelo pressure. The Triple G pressure is huge too. Now he has, he's 40 years old. This is going to be one of his last paydays. He can't fight forever. He's been screwed by the boxing industry so much. Remember when he first came on the scene, Jim Lampley talking about how he had a bad promoter in, in, uh, in Europe and he's doing all these fights in Germany. So he doesn't even come over here until I think it was age 27 to start getting big fights. His career was strange. His, the fight with Canelo after, so he had all that momentum after the first fight with Canelo. They're going to fight again in the fall and Canelo test positive for something. We'll just, just, we don't even, we never even got the full story there for something. The fight gets pushed back. He fights Fonis Matarosin in a fight that was so bad. I remember going to that press conference that Matarosin told his family not even to come. He, they were just like, nah, he's like, nah, I'm like, I know what's going to happen here. Right. And that, that, you know, it, it, if the fight had happened then, who knows with Triple G's momentum six months earlier, what would have happened? Like there are so many things here, but, but if you just look at the box rec, if you just look at the resume, Triple G's legacy right now is not nearly as good as I think everybody feels it is because he's in these mega fights because he was at the top of the sport. But I don't think you look at his, I mean, I, Chris Mannix was saying the other day on DAZN, I was watching some of their, their pre pre fight stuff. Is this best, best win Daniel Jacobs? Like, you know, Lemieux was, it was a title shot uh, and title fight, but like that wasn't, no one's really going to put Lemieux on their, on their, uh, thank God I saw him list uh, in 20 years. So I just think from a, a, a legacy standpoint, this is a bigger fight than maybe we think for Triple G. Oh yeah, I totally agree. I mean, and I I do think his, I do think his, his best fight was probably Daniel Jacobs. Like you said, maybe like, is it Kel Brook? I mean, it's like, yo, he, he absolutely needs this fight. In order to make the Hall of Fame, and I, I actually saw that clip Ooh. with Mannix, and I, yeah, yeah, and it's like, at first I thought it was like Canelo needed this fight more than GGG, but I, I think it's GGG. I mean, Canelo has already he's done enough already, yes. and it's just like he still has more time. Canelo's thirty two years old. GGG is forty. This is like I, I truly believe this is this has to be his Marquez fight, his Marquez Pacquiao four. Like it has to be. Like, otherwise, it's just like we kind of look at this guy as, you know, he was a great knockout artist, but yeah. he didn't really beat anybody. But he entertained us. But Canelo took on all comers. That's going to be his legacy. The fact that he just said, let's ride. Um, and and I, I think that there's, I, I think that with, I think the Hall of Fame debate is a little bit separate because I think people start to, to look at the resume and they look at kind of the fights he was in and how much he how close he was to beating Canelo. And there's a path for Triple G to get in the Hall of Fame. I don't want to do Hall of Fame just yet. I'd say there's also pressure on Canelo because, by the way, if Triple G wins this fight, he's going to have to fight Canelo, or seriously, Canelo's going to have to fight Triple G like one or two more times after this. Like, this might just have to be another trilogy. It might end up being like, like you said, yeah. with, with, with Marquez and Pacquiao, where they're, they're just fighting forever, like going back and forth. And listen, that makes money, that gets attention. And, and that, that was the whole thing. When this fight was being made, from my perspective, you know, maybe over the last 18 months, people were talking about it, and people were saying, ah, that, that's done. Canelo himself was saying, that's done. A lot of promoters were saying, that's done. I don't, I don't think that's done in the eyes of, of, of folks like us, um, people who really love boxing. Like, this is the matchup to make. People want to see this trilogy. I don't want to see, and by the way, this is happening at 168, but like, I'm good on Triple G fighting a 175 guy that, that maybe most of, of the boxing world hasn't heard of. Like, I'm all set there. So this is what I want to see. And then if you want to go do stuff afterwards, if you're Canelo Triple G, fine. But this is it. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important 
to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. All right, let's get to the actual, what you're, what you're feeling as far as, as bets go and, and dive into that. What, what, what are you looking at this weekend, Reem? Okay, look. The most likely result is Canelo Alvarez on points or decision. Minus 110. That's the most likely result. But like I said before, I think this line is disrespectful to GGG. When you look at the first fight, GGG was a minus 150 favorite. When you look at the second fight, mm-hmm. GGG was a minus 150 favorite. Now we're, we've swung that far in the opposite direction. Like at minus 550 for Canelo, we're looking at that's, that's an implied that Canelo wins this fight 85% of the time. I don't believe. I just don't believe that he he beats GGG eighty five percent of the time when we haven't seen him beat GGG. I mean, now I mean technically he won the second fight, but I mean I just to me that is very disrespectful for me. So if I had to bet this fight, I would take GGG plus four ten. I, I just would. I, I just I would sprinkle something on it. Obviously, Canelo has the judges on his side for the most part. Like GGG needs a knockout in order to win this fight. But I would sprinkle something on a plus 410. Maybe I'd, I'd sprinkle something on GGG to win by knockout. I think it's plus 950 now. But it's just like, to me, I just think this line is extremely disrespectful. And I know GGG is 40 years old. I know he's only fought four times since 2018. But Canelo's coming off of a, a really tough fight against Bevel. And yep. I mean, GGG didn't look, he didn't look, he didn't look good against Murata. He he didn't at no. all. But I just think he can turn back the clock in this one spot. I mean, this is a legacy fight. So if, uh, that's what I would bet. But I think the most likely, if you're looking for the most likely result, take Canelo by points. And, and yeah. I, I yes, take Canelo by points if you're looking for the most likely result. But that's not really what gambling, you know, as, as you know very well. Like that's I don't know if anybody A wants to do it from an excitement standpoint or B just an investment standpoint, right? And the thing, the line I mentioned earlier about Golovkin by KO plus 850, that to me, if I'm putting anything down, is where I start. Because as you mentioned, the judges are going to be on Canelo's side. We've seen that time and time again. The only way, in my opinion, unless it's an absolute blowout, which I think Canelo is so talented and so sound and so good at every single aspect of boxing. And like that's not an overstatement. He is a boxing genius. Golovkin is a hard puncher. And I think that the way, and obviously Canelo is too, but I think the way that 
We've seen Alvarez eat Golovkin shots before, walk through it, shake it off, just say, nope, not bothering me. First of all, that can't last forever. But then second of all, um, like it, you, you, if you get hit like that a hundred times, at some point you fall down. Okay. And yes. so if, if I, I'm not saying this is, this is, you know, this is not a 51% chance, may not even be a 25% chance, but if I'm laying down a bet, I'm saying that Golovkin, A, if he wins the fight, you're looking probably at a stoppage because the, the, the judges aren't there. And then B, I just feel probability wise, this is a Golov for Golovkin. This is a home run fight and Golovkin's a home run hitter. You know, one thing I want to say, too, is like if you look at the CompuBox stats for, for all of these fights, it's, it's, it shows a lot for Golovkin. Look, most jabs landed by a, a Canelo opponent in a fight. Floyd Mayweather, 139. GGG, 118. And GGG, 2. Um, GGG, 1. 108. Those are the top three most jabs landed by opponent in a, in a Canelo fight. If you look at the punch stats for... GGG Canelo won. GGG outlanded him. I mean, he's yeah. outlanded him in total punches. He's outlanded him in total jabs. The only, I mean, power power punches are around the same. You look at GGG too. It's like he's outlanding him in all of these fights. And the jab is really working in these fights. I think he landed 118 jabs in Canelo GGG too to 59. He's, land, he's outlanding him in all of these fights. So... If we just happen to see things change judge-wise, like in terms mm-hmm. of the judging, GGG could win a decision. You know, mm. like, like based on what we've seen from the punch stats, if if these fights continue as is, why couldn't GGG win a, a decision other than corruption? So it's just like, I think we have to kind of keep that in mind because, you know, things change. I mean, like, I know, like, look, that Bevel fight was kind of, the judging was very suspect because Canelo did not win the first four rounds of that fight. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> care what anybody said. <laughs> but it's just, you know, maybe maybe the tides are churning. You know, maybe they are. So it's just, I, I, I have to put the, the CompuBox stats out there because that that lets us know how much, you like, this line is just off. And, yeah. you know, one of the things I found interesting, I want to shout out my guy, Jim Karras Boxing on Twitter. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, he's he's probably one of the, the best boxing guys on Twitter. You guys should just follow him. But he said this the other day. He said the live traders at the sports books thought Golovkin won both fights. If you look at the first fight, Golovkin was minus 2,000 in the 10th round before closing minus 400. In the second fight, Golovkin was minus 900 entering the 12th, closed at minus 350. So we aren't the only people who thought GGG won those fights. So... Mm-hmm. If the tide changes with the judging, he has an edge. So this line at 550 is just completely disrespectful. So if I'm going to bet anything, that's what I'm betting. But if you want to take the most likely result, you can take Canelo by decision. But I think I think you should really be sprinkling something on, on Golovkin to win this fight. We are in complete agreement. I'm actually going to bet Golovkin um, to, to win by stoppage. You're going to this fight. When you're in person, are you looking for anything? Do you bet live if you're at a, if you're at a sporting event um, and you're just saying, okay, I noticed something, or is it is it the same as, as watching on TV or AM? Um, for I mean, for basketball and NFL, I'm I'm betting live. I mean, for boxing, I'm kind of just taking in the atmosphere. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. Just, it, it's just boxing. It's just it's just one of those sports. I I just want to live in the moment, and it's just 
you know, it's just, it's a different environment. A lot of, like with boxing, there's just nothing like it live. I mean, like you have all the celebrities, you, you just kind of, it's just a lot of things going on. Like, I mean, I've been to boxing matches where, I mean, there's all out brawls <laughs> in yep. the, in the casino. And obviously this is at the T-Mobile arena. So things are a little bit more calm there than it was like the MGM Grand or like the Mandalay Bay. But it's just, I, I kind of just take it in. I don't, I don't, I mean, once I have my bed in, I have my bed in. Wow. Um, I'm really looking forward to this fight. It's going to happen around the same time as Miami, Texas a and So I'm going to uh, be going double barrel on the TV stuff. And I will not be betting on Texas A&M and, and Miami. That's just too emotional for me. Also, if I actually had to pick that game, it's like the Jose Mourinho meme. If I speak, I get in trouble. So I'm just going to stay away from that. But I will be watching both events at the same time. Raheem, this was fun, man. Anything else? Man, that's it. I mean, look, we got a, 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 it's a really exciting time for the for the Ringer. I mean, you guys got to always check out the Ringer Gambling Podcast. I'm going to have my top five NFL picks on Sunday, oh, so make sure ride. you check that. Oh, we, we did really well in NFL last week. I mean, if you listen to the podcast, I think we were like five and one, six and one. Our only loss was the Philadelphia Eagles, and they blew up. A, they had a 17-point fourth quarter lead, which they blew um, to blow the cover. But, I mean, yeah. just going to try to keep things rolling with NFL. NBA is coming soon. We're always going to have some boxing. Deontay Wilder yep. is fighting next month, so we're going to be covering that. I think um, Devin and, Haney and, is fighting. Yeah, Devin Haney and George Gambosis. So that's going to be the next pod we're going to do. It's the same weekend. Haney, Gambosis, Wilder, uh, Helenus. It'll be it'll, it'll be awesome. So we'll be back uh, that week in October. Yeah, I'm actually, he actually has a private workout in Vegas today. I might stop through that if I can. You can do a little sparring? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going to do sparring. He yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> just, just see if he wants to do it. You know, you, you know what, what, what do you weigh? You could be, you could be a heavyweight. It's fine. Just drink some water. I'm, I'm like, I'm like 130, 135. I do not so want to step into the ring We're going to have to get you on a couple cycles. And then, you know, by, by October, <laughs> you can get in there. It'll be great. Um, I, I might right. have, I might have a little bit more pop than Devin Haney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Devin Haney. I, every time I think about it, because I remember... I remember the stat. I think it was tw- I remember reading like 2018 that the average fighter uh, was cutting like 18 percent of their weight at some point in boxing, which is astounding. But it's like if you think about how much, how what level I would be at if I lost 18 percent of my weight, like I, it would be. Ins- I'm like I would be so small. I'd be like a fucking flyweight. Like what the hell? Yeah, we we would we would wither away. <laughs> like we would. <laughs> we'd, be just, we'd be crushing it um, alright Raheem I'll see you next month this has been the Ringer Gambling Show on the Ringer Podcast Network thank you to Mike Wargon for the production help uh, with additional production supervision by Steve Cerruti see you soon see you soon